balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, did to do, and welcome in to more important issues. It is Sunday, September 18th. The Vols are now 3 0, ranked Florida sucks, number 11th in the country. And it is Florida Hate Week. Landon, Tama, Tama Gator up. Just oh, yeah. Tie it Just, up for me, real quick. Yeah, get it. Yep, perfect. All right. Nice and tight. Let's get a little um, Eagle Scout <laughs> nod in there. Yeah. Perfect. It is Florida Hate Week. I. I'm fired up. I if you follow us. I know already sent out the Florida graphic and this is why you want to be a Tennessee fan. Like this is why you want to be a, a fan of a, a school, like an sec school. You get college game day coming to your town. You get sec on CBS. You get checker Neyland. It's all the pageantry. It's all the tradition. It's two rivals that hate each other. And yes, rivals. Florida fans can act like it's not a rival. Will Muschamp talked exponential amounts of crap when he was at Florida. Dan Mullen pulled pulled as many shots as he could, or threw as many shots as he could as a coach. Florida hates Tennessee. Tennessee hates Florida. It's a rivalry, and it is a fun week. Akron's out of the way. I didn't want to talk a lot about Florida because you know just business, business, business. It's all you know, and, and battered ball syndrome. You know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Akron's over. I know we'll recap it a little bit, but Akron's done and gone. F them. Um, you know, they – I hate DJ Irons, by the way. I do hate – Yeah, gl- glad them. we got – glad they got to experience what a real stadium looks like and head home with a fat L. Dude, how awesome was that crowd last night? And there weren't even a 1,000 Akron fans there. That's what I was going to kind of start with. That I mean, there was a crap ton of – I mean, it was a sellout. You want to do a standing O for uh, yeah, we Vol can. Nation? Yeah, we'll a little standing ovation for Vol Nation. Hey, well done, Vol Nation. Absolutely well done. Um, salute to everyone that was there, to everyone that even maybe wanted to go and couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why Tennessee football special. This is – I mean, that's why this week is going to be off the charts. Awesome crowd. 7 o'clock Akron game. Kids, I mean, there was like six-year-old kids there till the end. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I'm calling him Danny White. Danny does it. That's his new name. When he says something, he does it. He said it was a sellout. It was a sellout. <laughs> and I wasn't as negative as some people. You know, so, well, we some did people, doubt it. We did doubt it. Well, I didn't doubt it like some people. Some people are like, oh, there'll be 80,000 maybe there. Yeah, that's yeah. – I was like, I think it'll look full. Like, I think it'll like – I don't think there'll be big gaps. I did expect the southeast end zone to where you know they normally sell visitors tickets to be pretty empty. I expected those spots to be bad. Um, I expected the student section 
to be fairly bare. Um, but no, like the entire crowd, there was maybe there were no gaps. There were zero gaps in that. It was awesome. Vol Nation, you are incredible. That's why I love being a Vol. Yeah, under the jumbotron up there, like above you, is usually where you see the empty spaces. Because mm. um, that's where they sell, the, I guess, the other visitor allotment. No, the other visitor's in that corner. Yes, but there's a – they usually, like, sell some up at the top left, too. I guess I missed that. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Top left from you. Top left, yeah. Top left from me? Like, if you're facing the Jumbotron? Yeah. Just left of the Jumbotron, upper deck. Yes. Okay. I thought you meant directly under the Jumbotron. Yeah, j- yeah, just to the left of it. Yes, okay, yes. That's okay. the gap okay. I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't one. It was, it was yeah. insane. Um, it, it was loud. There's a lot of people. The tailgate was probably better than expected. Um, I mean, it's always great, but I, I, I didn't expect that many people to be there. I honestly didn't either. And it's, you know, uh, we had a lot of people peter in and out, you know, just how it goes. People got other obligations, other tailgates. Um, nice word choice. Thank you. Peter. Uh, <laughs> and then it always, you know, gets pretty rowdy at the end as, you know, people come to get their last little nip before they get in the game. Um, People that came through got lucky. I, I threw down some burgers about about an hour and a half before game time, and petering and got lucky. Joe clipped that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a burger? Oh yeah, I still okay. I got to be honest. Uh, thankfully, I'm, I was serving a pretty um, we'll call them inebriated crowd. They they don't hate food. Uh, I was pretty impressed with myself because I was not. I wasn't any in a better state of mind than them. Um, so yeah, no, just a fun tailgate. We were there at 11. Um, not a shout out to city of Knoxville. You all suck. Um, I'm working on that. My man. I knew you would. My man. I'm, I'm working on the city of Knoxville. Yeah. Um, well, let's plug the Florida tailgate again too. make sure you guys show up. Shout out to Austin white and, uh, Austin. Uh, he's with realty executives. If, if you guys are looking to buy a home, sell your home. Um, maybe you just want a friend to talk to. That's Austin. Uh, great dude sponsoring our tailgate. Uh, it's going to be good. Jesse Berry's um, got some pulled pork for us. Tracy's going to throw down some burgers this week. Pumped for that. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time. TV's going to be out. We'll be watching some ball games, college game day, all that good stuff. Come out, hang out, talk football, play some games. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, let's get rowdy. Let's get ready for the let's, – let's pre-game the game. There's no more dress rehearsal. This, this week was a dress rehearsal. This week is not a dress rehearsal. It's the real thing, real deal. And, and that's it does. Kind of, that's why if you didn't come this week, it's going to be tough because you didn't practice. I did a good job pacing myself. I told myself, you know, things weren't going to get out of hand. People started throwing around some some Jello um, infused things and asked me to uh, perform for them, and and I did. Got nervous, but yeah, my body's ready for this week for sure. Yeah. Well, let's get into the game a little bit. Tennessee dominates. Um, they covered. Good teams win, great teams cover. 63-6 to six over Akron. And, you know, they just took care of business. They they outgained um, Akron by 400 yards, 676 yards to 276. Um, it, it was just impressive. And I, I think it was a slow start for Hendon Hooker. He started 3-7 and then threw 11 straight completions. Just mm-hmm. And then on the stat sheet, 14 of 18, 298 yards, two touchdowns, solid day for Hendon Hooker. I would say that that helps his Heisman candidacy if we're, if we're you know, still. We're pushing it. We're pushing it. Win. But this is the game. Florida is the game where you can really kind of hold your hat on. Um, 
Yeah, if you if you want to make a Heisman highlight tape, it's going to be against Florida. You better work. You better get it done. Yeah. And it it feels like this season. I'm not trying to get ahead of Akron, but it feels like the season really starts this week. You get into SEC play. It's it's pretty much as it's SEC from here on out, except homecoming. Um, so to go in and and what I liked about this week, and we're going to talk about guys who impressed for a minute. We it wasn't Vanderbilt. just okay, all but two. <laughs> um, it wasn't just like the ones went out and took care of business, and then you rotated some guys in, and and everyone played really well. I thought. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed with. I don't know what you call them on the depth chart, but the guys who played in the front seven on defense, um, you know, into the third and fourth quarter, late third quarter, I was very impressed with them. And I know it's against an Akron team, but they still had to go out there and do it, and they did. Yeah, you got to see a lot of young guys stand out and and make some plays. Elijah Herring, you know, he had that three-play span where he had two sacks. Um, He looked good. Tyree West looked good. He made a a big tackle in the open field, and – you just don't see a lot of defensive linemen like that make that kind of play. Joshua Joseph's last, Dylan Dylan Sampson had a really good game. Dylan Sampson might be the best running back in space on the team. Yeah, yeah. And I say might be, I, I mean he is. And I love that you talked about <laughs> space because Squirrel White, when he's got a, a little bit of space, a he almost string, broke A shoestring yeah. away from a punt return. But but that's something Tennessee, need, Tennessee needed yeah. somebody explosive – um, in the return game, they just hadn't had it up to this point. But Squirrel White looks like, you know, I know there's that trust factor in practice, and you know, being a freshman is just, you know, you, you just got to earn that trust. And you got to get these chances too. Um, he wasn't going to get thrown in pit to return for his first time. That wasn't going to be his first appearance unless right. injury brought it about um, mm-hmm. or something like that. So that's why these games are big. That's why it's big that Tennessee gets ahead so they can. Uh, mess around with some things, give some guys looks that wouldn't otherwise maybe get those opportunities in a regular quote-unquote game. Yeah. Yeah, but having somebody with fresh legs, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Flowers, but, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to play a whole series and then go back there and try to return a kick and be explosive. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. Um, so I think Squirrel White – and Squirrel White's just faster. Well, I was about to say – Right, and and he is when you just line him up on – you put him on paper 40 times, he's faster. Trayvon does a good job covering ground defensively, but with the ball in his hand, have we ever really seen that explosiveness that you need from a returner? So, Squirrel provides that. It's a guy who's used to doing that. Like you said, nothing against Trayvon. Um, He is fast, but, like, I mean, he's playing a whole series. And and a lot of times, I mean, they want him involved in the run game, so he's covering 10 – 13 yards pre-snap already every every play. That's mm-hmm. a lot to, to yep. ask of a guy. And then, then, like you said, to go out there and just change speeds on a dime. Uh, it's a tough it's a tough task, for sure. Yeah, I'd like to see Squirrel White get more involved in the return game. D. Williams was unavailable this week, so he probably benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got his opportunity, made the most of it, almost broke one. And, you know, something that Tennessee hasn't had yet up to this point. So look for him to get more involved. Um, in the return game. But, yeah, just the the freshmen just impressed. Uh, I yeah. thought they played well. I mean, you know, I don't know what that linebacking room looks like next year with, you know, Jeremy Banks might be headed to the NFL. Juwan Mitchell is back on this team, back available now. Right. But next year he will be gone. So, is Elijah Herring, is, is he set up to maybe take a starting role? Uh, I think that's something to watch, and, and maybe he gets more opportunities down the road. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I, I was we, me and you kind of looked at each other when he made his first sack, and we're impressed with with his ability. So very exciting, and I think even more than just next year. We we've talked about the depth at linebacker. If if obviously you don't know what he can do against better opponents like a pity didn't play, um, or what he may be able to do in SEC play, but doing it against Akron does start to build trust, and, and maybe those looks do come his way. Hopefully not due to injury, but but they may. Yeah. If y'all got any questions, drop those in the chat. We'll be happy to get to those. Um, the running yeah, don't game. Cl- don't click on that link, by the way, again, if you're on Facebook. I don't know what that is, so don't do it. Someone uh, commented. Somebody commented <laughs> a, a link on Facebook. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I don't know. Running game. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see that link. Anyway. It, it popped up on your stream. <clears throat> okay. So maybe you can't see it. Gotcha. Um. The running game got going. I thought that's something that Tennessee needed to do. Jabari Small, you know, goes out of this game pretty early, so you didn't really get to see him. You got to see a lot of Jalen Wright, maybe more than you probably should have later in the game. Right. Um, but- Dylan Sampson goes out of this game, but he looked good. Justin Williams-Thomas played a little bit late in that game. So, um, But but it, it was more production. You had bigger mm-hmm. – Bigger runs. I think you had uh, two 27-yard gains, which that I think that is the biggest so far this season. And um, it, it just looked more explosive. You, you got people in space. You got Dylan Sampson in space with that speed option. I don't love our quarterback taking a hit, um, especially from a team that is more than happy to, to go for, you know, quarterback's knee like that. Um, yeah, that. By the way, uh, if you're in high school or younger and you're watching that, that's not how you defend the speed option. By the way, no, I would just no. like to throw that out there. No, as you can tell by Dylan Sampson's two touchdowns, that's not how you defend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just you just gave them that. Yeah, right. Which I love, you know, and I'm glad to see Tennessee putting that in the playbook because I think that's one thing that this run game has struggled to do is to get your fast some of your fastest guys out in space um so being able to see that happen i would have really loved to see more of that in the pit game um i thought they that pit did a really good job at the line of scrimmage well you didn't really find out how fast their ends were or how fast their linebackers were you didn't test that uh and hey if you do it once or twice and it gets stopped that's a different story i, I would have liked to see more of that last week so hopefully you do see it going forward when the opportunities present itself yeah it, it was an interesting wrinkle i don't know if i pull that out against Akron, but maybe that's something you're working on. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that is something to, to get those running backs a little ahead of steam out in space a little bit, and that's what Dylan Sampson seems to be good at. Yeah. And I just like how uh, – I like how he, he gets downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he sees space and he attacks it. And I think Jalen Wright and Jabari Small do an okay job. I just don't think they're as fast. I think that's what changes it is he's fast and does that well. Yeah, I think he's just got that wiggle to him where I don't – Jabari and, and Jalen Wright have put on some weight a little bit. I just don't think that wiggle is there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know. We just – it's just like we block it well and you get the yards that you're looking to gain, but nothing is ever broken. Right. Like there's there's not, a, those like you, explosive plays mm-hmm. in the run game. Yeah. Um, and and it was a little bit more of that with Dylan Sampson. Hopefully, maybe he's um, healthy. You know, that's another thing. Tennessee did deal with some injuries in this game. Not ideal. Running back one goes down. Wide receiver one goes down. Dylan Sampson goes down. Um, I think Tyler Barron dealt with a little injury but came back in the game. Um, 
so we'll, we'll see kind of what um you know how they they're treated and and what kind of the what kind of that looks like going into this Florida game but yeah you definitely don't want to see them anything less than 100% going into to Florida yeah, you mentioned the Cedric Tillman one. I kind of wonder what that injury looks like. I know everyone's got questions, and, and you're not going to know. You're just not going to know until Saturday, um, right. for sure. And I, I do – you talked about how, you know, comes out of the tent and um, everything looks good, comes out and uh, sweats later on. Dude, that first hit he took looked worse, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it kind of rolled up on? Some, he didn't get rolled up on. He, he just got clipped in the back and kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. And it just looked like he got his leg. The other one kind of just looks like he, he got hit hard. Yeah. It didn't get twisted too bad. He did land on his knee, but it didn't look real bad. The other one, just the way he got hit and then landed, looked nasty. So I kind of, like, my thinking is if he is actually good, and that's a you know that's the only thing, if he is, I think it was probably cautionary of going, you might have gotten banged up that play, then you get banged up another play, let's just ease, like, we're good. Let's just yeah. be done. And I think a reason that I kind of wasn't like hitting the panic button when he went down is probably the day Jalen or Jalen Hyatt had. I mean, well, I saw someone say that, and again, I wish I could credit if if I knew who it was. I just don't remember. But like the one good thing to come out of that is Cedric, or not Cedric, excuse me, Hendon had to spread the ball around after that. Um, going back into that trust thing, is there now more trust with Jalen Hyatt? Is there now more trust with Brew McCoy? Um, you see a big reception from Squirrel White. Like, is that getting there now that you had to go away from your safety net, your go-to guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, he just seemed to look more comfortable when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he just needed to get in a groove, and um, it was kind of on from there. But, yeah, Jalen Wright – or, God, I just keep saying Wright. <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, he's the guy that's going to take the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you mentioned that the Alabama is able to just take a slant to the house at any given moment, and Tennessee hasn't had that in a long time. It happened Saturday. Yeah, it happened last <laughs> night. It was, it was anytime a guy catches a ball, you know, six yards downfield and takes it to the house, that's an exciting play in football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he, he was kind of wide open for both of those and um, takes a 57 yarder wide open on a, a rub route, kind of a switch route. And uh, and then takes that slant to the house for I think forty eight yards. And it it was it was a big point of emphasis was the big plays on, on Saturday, which it hasn't really been up to this point. We just kind of taken what the defense has get, given us, but it was the big plays on on Saturday. And I'll credit to Akron for just being terrible, but um, <laughs> you you had to c- complete those passes. And Walker Merrill w- was wide open on his. Ramel Keaton was wide open, but you had to hit him. And Joe Milton hit those two guys in stride. And uh, Jalen Hyatt was wide open for two of those as well. So, big plays. I think you had, a, mm-hmm. you had two 57-yarders, a 48-yarder, a 47-yarder, and a 38-yarder. So, a lot of big plays in the passing game. And, you know, that's something Tennessee wants to do is, um, you know, attack the field vertically. And they did that. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great to see that, and it was great to see we've talked about with. So we Joe can do Milton. it both ways. That, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. You can do it like you can spread the field vertically, but you can also take what the defense gives you. And I think mm-hmm. Tennessee's comfortable playing either way. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's one thing that Hendon Hooker was good at when he stepped on the field, and gotten even better at is taking what the de- not force anything. It's why he's efficient. It's why he doesn't throw interceptions. 
um, <clears throat> takes what the defense can give you, but he's also not afraid to throw the ball downfield. Um, he's not afraid to give his wide receivers chances. So I mean, that's what makes him good. And you just don't really know with Joe Milton until you get meaningful snaps, but it's big that Joe Milton's playing good football because we've talked about this too um, going in before the season even started. You're just probably going to need him at some point in the season on meaningful snaps. Yep. Just the nature of it. Hendon may just miss a drive. But if you get a good drive out of Joe Milton while he's down, that's huge. Um, even if it's just five, six plays, that's that's huge. Um, so good to see him him looking good. And not that I think it's a quarterback competition, and apparently that's been a talking point today. I also think people complaining about it on Twitter. I don't think it's competition by any means. But you need Joe Milton to be at his best as well if you want to go to the Sugar Bowl, which is being predicted. Yeah, and that, that's something that's – I mean, it, it just makes me more excited for next season too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not looking to next season. I'm focusing on this season. Business but it man. is – yeah, but it is something that you always keep in the back of your mind. And you're like, you know, who's coming back? And, and, you know, Joe Milton just – I don't know if it's just he has no pressure and, you know – pressure as in like you know i'm not you know trying to win a ball game or anything like that it's just he's just going out there and playing but man it's just it's a little different when he throws it it's it's similar to blake burke when he swings a bat it's just a little different yeah i think that's the you see a guy streaking downfield with joe milton and you're you're you you stand up you're yeah, very excited. He uh, you're excited, also, but you're also nervous that he's going to throw it 15 <laughs> yards over his head too. <laughs> not anymore. To, maybe, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe not anymore. But, yeah, to his credit, he's fixed. He seems to have fixed, you know, that kind of flaw in his game. Did you um, see the backside end on Nurmilky and touchdown though? That shouldn't have been a touchdown. He gets happened? he gets tackled. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if he would have gotten to 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 Joe because he's releasing it about the time he gets tackled, but should have been, should have been holding. Mm. Oh, well, maybe a salt, just, just a salt. I don't know, but yeah, he fell down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know we've kind of talked about guys who impressed. Do you want to hit on any that we haven't talked about though? Um, just for sake of not repeating ourselves too much. Um, not really. I mean, I mean, I was impressed with the freshman, Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, Jalen, Jalen Hyatt, um, Dylan Sampson is another guy. Brew McCoy kind of had a, a little – he had a touchdown taken away. He had two offensive pass interferences that – one was, yeah, and one, one was, was kind of garbage. Yeah, uh, one was it was gar- on a, on a uh, little pick rub route. Yeah. It's a standard it, – he did what he was supposed to do. He ran yeah. downfield, clipped – you know, he doesn't – arms out or any – he's not looking at the guy. He ran a good route. You see it at every level of football. It was in the first half. I want to say first quarter. Garbage call. Yeah. Yeah, didn't love that. Um, I, I didn't love the penalties either. Tennessee's averaging eight penalties per game. They had 11 in this game. Not ideal this is the game that you want to clean stuff up. And, and, and maybe to be fair, three of those were just because of the chippiness of the game, which you got to keep your composure. you got to be smart. But three of them were – one was a late hit on Aaron Beasley – Roughing the pat, awful call. Um, yeah, one was call. Jimmy Callaway's ejection. Um, and then there was a, uh, I think there was another similar to that. I'm trying to remember it now. I said three. But anyways, some of it was due to the chippiness of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of it's probably just 
you know, the third and fourth quarter when you got guys that aren't normally supposed to be in the game, you know, maybe they jump offsides or there's a hold or, or something like that. So maybe it's not anything to look into, but averaging eight per game is not ideal for this team that um, they did take care of the football. So that's one positive, but, but penalties, they got to clean that up for SEC play if they expect to, you know, be in some of those games with an Alabama, Georgia, LSU, teams like that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'll go to back to the guys who impressed and, um, there were, I mean, there were a ton of them. Uh, you listed off a bunch. And I'll say uh, Jalen McCullough, um, I thought, played a really good game. Uh, no, again, no, it's Akron. But I thought he just did a really good job of coming up and, and being physical at the line of scrimmage. He had two, I would think they went down as tackles for a loss, at least at the line of scrimmage. I think they were both screen plays uh, or something of that nature. That's that's huge. Um, I... I I just don't see – I mean, you're going to need your your corners to play better. But I think our safeties are fast enough and, and they seem to be savvy enough. They're not going to get beat downfield a ton. Um, so coming up and being big in that run support and in support of the line of scrimmage is, is – that's going to help our defense exponentially. Yeah. Especially if the pass rush continues because that's where the ball's going. Yeah. And another guy I kind of want to add on, Jeremy Banks. I thought he played well mm-hmm. at five tackles. Um, he just was kind of all over the field. And it was good good for that linebacking group to kind of get that rotation in with adding in Juwan Mitchell. Um, Jeremy Banks didn't start, but he came in that second play. And, um, you know, they just kind of swapped out a little bit. Now, I thought you'd see more of Aaron Beasley. But, you know, we got a, a huge dose of Jeremy Banks and Juwan Mitchell. That might have been just how the, the game was going. Um. Yeah, and, I, and it might have been too. Juwan hadn't played, so yeah, getting him it, comfortable it, before Florida. Yeah, getting him comfortable with both of those guys was, yeah. uh, you know, it looked like that was the game plan um, for this week. Right. So. Uh, and staying defensively, Kamal hadn't thought he played a good game again. Should have had an interception. Can't believe that doesn't get reviewed. He caught that ball. Yeah. I'm okay with calling it not on the field, but how you don't review that play? I don't care what the score is. Call the game right. Can we call get the more, game right? Um, Replays too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of looking at the crowd. Yeah. Um, also, the punt team. Punt team's got to get quicker. I mean, they're they're going to get another punt blocked if if you know that's the rugby style. It's just something with the upbacks and it's not even just, rugby. It's not even rugby style. He's just taking too long. Yeah, he's not rolling out. He's not running. He's 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 just it's slow. And and then you've got. I've not been impressed with our upbacks. It wasn't the block against Pitt that was their fault, but they've let some that have become close that guys are coming. We're not even yeah. moving towards them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's got to get fixed for sure. Um, we got a special guest coming on. He's yet to come on the show. So this is his first time and uh, can't wait to have him on. He does a great job of covering Tennessee um, for he's at actually at go Vols two, four, seven. Now Ben McKee. Ben, what's up, brother? What's up, guys? How are y'all? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you Thank coming you. on. Yeah, um, been too long. We we should have got you on a long time ago. We've had Eric Kane on too much, so he's kind of <laughs> yeah, he's kind of ruined the show. So uh, happy to have <laughs> you on. To do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess we'll kind of start with with Akron a little bit. We've been talking about it a little bit here, but um, Tennessee demolishes Akron. No surprise there. What was kind of your big ta- – I know it's hard to get a big takeaway from this game, but, you know, if you had to pick one, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, obviously the injury situation is the storyline coming out of the game. But aside from the injuries, I think it's as simple as 
uh, Tennessee beating down an inferior opponent the way that it's supposed to. And over the last decade, 15 years of, of seeing Tennessee football not being what Tennessee football is or what it's supposed to be, we've seen Tennessee play inferior opponents and, and not treat them the way that they should. And, and I always kind of think that it's the mark of a good football team when you do beat down uh, a lesser team the, the way that you should. And, and Tennessee's now done that twice, two out of the first three weeks of the season uh, with Ball State and Akron. So uh, that that was the, the storyline to me, just because I, I think they continue to show signs that they're a good football team. How good? We'll see. And they've kind of built up some goodwill these first couple of weeks. And you throw in the beating down teams the way you're supposed to with a nice road win over Pitt. Uh, and, and having to do so while not playing your best football, that's another sign of, of Tennessee being a good team. They can easily wash that all away, though, with a, a poor performance against Florida or even a poor performance uh, against LSU and Baton Rouge here in two weeks. So I, I think ultimately that was just a good sign that, that Tennessee beat Akron the way that it should. And, and then also I thought the, the storyline was the fans and just the environment. Uh, a sellout uh, against freaking Akron. I mean, it's it's a non-conference <laughs> game, and it's it's not Oklahoma or – one of the big dogs coming in, it's it's a little dog coming in, and, and you will not have known it by the ball walk or uh, the amount of butts that were in the seats. And, and it wasn't one of those, yeah, it's a sellout. And, and like, you look up in the upper deck, and there's just a whole lot of empty bleachers. Mm-hmm. There there was a butt in every single seat. There, there were no empty patches in the stadium. So I, I thought the, the fans were also a storyline coming out because that's also a good indicator of where the program is and, and, and how folks are feeling about uh, Josh Heupel in this program. So I, I'd say the, the fans showing out and, and also the way Tennessee was able to beat down Akron, that, that's a great sign going forward in my opinion. Yeah, and so I want to kind of flash back to your thoughts before the season. So two questions. Where did you have Tennessee – either record-wise or just kind of going through the season? Where did you have them at? And then has your opinion changed at this point, or is it still, like you said, Florida's Florida's going to tell a lot more of the story than what we've seen so far. But Pitt's a big deal. That Pitt win's huge. Right. I I would say a a little bit of both uh, in terms of my opinion changing uh, compared to where I thought they were before the season. But but it hasn't changed dramatically. I I thought that they'd be a a 7-8 win team. I I thought that was the most realistic – range. Uh, and just for a simple breakdown, I, I like Tennessee starting 22, uh, just generally speaking across the board, mm-hmm. but they don't have the amount of talent or, or the amount of depth you need to to go win 10 games or, or compete for the SEC East. So uh, I know there were some 10 and two predictions out there. I, I thought that was a little off the wall personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this team capable of it? Well, I don't, I don't know that capable is the right word. I, I guess could it happen? I think it could happen. I don't think it's very likely. I mean, I think everything would really, really have to come together. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about getting to nine and 10 wins in the regular season is mm-hmm. it's possible Tennessee could get to nine or 10 wins, but everything would have to go absolutely perfect just because of the lack of depth and the lack of right. talent across the board to be able to achieve that. I think people still forget that Josh Heupel is only in his 16th, 17th game after inheriting an, an absolute mess with, <laughs> with the players leaving the program and NCAA investigation hanging over the program as, as well. So um, the, I, I had it at about seven or eight wins, uh, okay. but, but it has changed a, a little bit. I, I feel really confident that Tennessee could possibly finish with nine wins uh, because they did go out and beat Pitt. Like you said, that, that's a big win from mm. just a 
how many wins will Tennessee finish with? Because I, I, I kind of thought that that uh, was one of the, the more 50-50 games on, on the schedule, that in Kentucky. Th- those two games worried me more than Florida or LSU. Florida and LSU are, are still 50-50 games. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I do think that there's pretty significant evidence that Tennessee is a, a better team on paper than Florida and LSU. That, that doesn't mean that Tennessee will go beat those two teams. Um, but my point is that I thought Pitt and, and Kentucky were better than LSU and, and Florida. So those were the bigger swing games, I guess. And, and Tennessee's won one of those two big swing games. And hopefully they don't kind of wash away the momentum that they've built up. But it, it definitely looks like nine wins is is where they're trending. And again, if absolutely everything goes perfect, who knows? Maybe they could pull off 10 wins in this season. Oh, that'd be heavenly. Oh, I'll be unbearable on Twitter if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I'll have too much fun. Um, you've been covering Tennessee for a while. When Pitt ties up the game, you get that unfortunate play with Trayvon, the drop, the muff punt. Did it? It, did, it just felt like a loss. Is that kind of like you're you're preparing your article the next day for, for how <laughs> Tennessee fell apart? Like that's been the story the last ten years or so. Uh, probably more than that. Is is that? In my opinion, that's the biggest turning point for this team is they found a way to win when they absolutely shouldn't have. Did you did you see a loss or or what, like kind of what was your thoughts when all that happened? Similar, I, I definitely felt very very similar. Just because I mean, it, it seemed like okay, this is typical Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen this Tennessee football team lose a, a million different ways, and and we're going to add this <laughs> this way to the list. So I, I thought it it was trending in that direction for sure, but. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do think, like you just said, it, it was a turning point and, and another sign that Tennessee is a, a good team on mm-hmm. top of beating down teams the way that they're supposed to. It's also a great sign that Tennessee beat what was a good Pittsburgh team, what is a good Pittsburgh team uh, on the road. And, and they did so having to, to figure out how to win despite not playing their best football. Uh, there, there are plays left out on the field. Uh, on both sides of the ball, and, and they were still able to overcome all of those mistakes and 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 make plays when it mattered most. I mean, Cedric Tillman left some drops out on the field. Hendon Hooker left some throws out on the field. Uh, Jalen Wright fumbles at, at the worst time. I thought the Pitt O-line pretty much held its own, or uh, excuse me, the Tennessee O-line pretty mm-hmm. much held its own against uh, the, the Pitt defensive front that has a lot of NFL bodies. Uh, and then defensively, I mean, I think some areas of Tennessee's defense just kind of is what it is, but they still right. found a way to win. They, they made plays when it mattered most, despite some some plays that could have been catastrophic mistakes. And and honestly, I'll dip back into your last question about my perception of this team changing a little mm-hmm. bit. The way Tennessee's defensive line uh, played against a, a really good pit offensive line kind of made me feel better about the direction of this team as well, just because this is a line of scrimmage league. And if yeah. if you don't win in the trenches, you're not going to win very many football games. And I mean, I didn't think Tennessee's defensive line would go out there and just get absolutely pushed around. But I did not think that they were going to wreak as much havoc as they did. And I, I think that is a, a great sign of, of things to come uh, and bodes well for them in, in terms of potentially getting to that uh, ninth win or, or maybe even a tenth win. So uh, the leadership is the difference on this team and, and why they were able to overcome those mistakes and, and bounce back and and pull out a tough win. Yeah, and you mentioned the the injuries a second ago, and, you know, the game last night, just for for the score, it was really chippy. Um, and I know you had the video of DJ Irons getting separated from um, Tennessee players after the game. 
what was what was your kind of takeaway on, on on that? Was it just a desperate football team in Akron just trying to do something, or or is it does Tennessee kind of have a little bit of edge to them? Yeah, I, I think honest the Jimmy Callaway stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jimmy Callaway. That, that's a whole separate conversation. If, <laughs> if you want to know why Jimmy Callaway doesn't play, look for no further than what he did uh, yeah. last night. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more Akron than than anything. I I do think this team has an edge, but I, I don't think it's like a an edge in a in a cocky way. It's just a supreme confidence that that you need to have as an athlete. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the chip that this team has, and I, I think the defense plays with an edge. I mean, you heard Solon Page last week say that, "Hey, we play defense here too," uh, so you, you can kind of tell that they they have a. Uh, chip on their shoulder in that regard because everybody talks about the offense, but it, it just seemed more of an Akron issue. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with DJ Irons in terms of his background and history, but somebody had made the comment to me down on the field that he's just kind of always been like that. Uh, I believe he went to Grayson High School down mm-hmm. in Georgia. Uh, obviously, Tennessee fans who follow recruiting are very familiar with Grayson High School. Uh, it's where Wanya Morris came from, uh, Owen Papo, who is at Auburn and, and Tennessee really went after. Uh, Jalen Smith, their their current linebacker commit, is is down there. There's been a lot of guys that Tennessee has recruited from Grayson. Uh, apparently, he played quarterback there, and it's kind of always had an attitude to him and always kind of started things left and right. So it uh, sounds like that was par for the course uh, for DJ Irons and, and just kind of how he conducts himself. Again, I, I don't know the kid, and, and that's the only story I've I've heard about him. But it uh, seems like he was just a, a guy that ran his mouth the entire game, and and Tennessee's defense just kind of got fed up with it and, and le- was trying to let him know after the game, like, okay, you you need to quit talking now. You you just got <laughs> sixty hung on your head. You did it for a <laughs> touchdown. You need to quit talking now. So I think that was part of it. But the the bigger thing was just it it did seem, and, and there's no way to prove it, I guess, but it, it did seem like. Akron was was on a mission. I'm not going to say to injure Tennessee, but certainly take out the, the the best players by going for the legs. Again, whether that's intentional or not, I, I don't know that we can definitively prove that. But it, at some point, I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding. And it, it was just really repetitive on the Samson touchdowns, on the speed option, taking Hendon out both times at the knees when, when you didn't really need to. Uh, the Hendon Hooker situation, and, and there are other uh, examples as well. So it, it seemed more of a an Akron doing something that you don't see too often rather than Tennessee just having this definitive edge to them, although I do think they have a, a really nice, quiet confidence to themselves, which is which is what you want. Definitely. Right. And then Josh Heupel, I thought, uh, handled that question well. He kind of just diverted away from the, the chippiness. Uh, you could tell yeah, what Heupel thought. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was mad. Without saying it, uh unlike unlike our friend in South Carolina, he had to call out some media members. Um you asked a question about uh um uh, Joe. Um so Joe Milton obviously not competing for QB1. How important though is it to have that guy take the steps he's taken or looks like he's taken? We haven't seen him in meaningful snaps yet. How important is that? Cuz now if you roll into an old miss situation or reverse of pit last year, it feels like Tennessee has another QB one in their pocket, right? Yes, it, it appears so. Um, Joe, at some point, is going to have to go prove it uh, against legitimate mm. competition. Just how much he has improved, there, there's no doubt about that. But uh, he seems like a, a, a passer. Last year, he just 
seemed like a, an athletic freak who was <laughs> put behind the offensive line and, and, and was told to show off the arm strength. And uh, he, he looks more like a passer. And that's what Josh Heupel said after the game last night. And, uh, yeah, he hasn't done it against stiff competition yet or, or proven it against SEC competition. But you go back and you watch the opener last year against Bowling Green, and, and he did not look <laughs> the way that he has looked against Ball State and Akron. So even mm-hmm. against similar competition that he struggled against last year, uh, he, he looks night and day different. And, and I think it's big for two reasons that Joe Milton exists. Uh, a, because it's college football. You, you'd never know – or just football in general. You never know when an injury is going to pop up. I mean, it, it almost didn't look like Kenan was going to make it to last night's game against Akron. So who knows what could happen in, in Florida, LSU, or at any point on the schedule as, as you were discussing. Uh, in, in today's world of college football, it's impossible to have multiple good quarterbacks uh, at least ready to start because you can always have like a freshman waiting in the wings – Mm-hmm. But to, to have two polished veterans that could go in and, and the coaches feel genuinely comfortable about getting the job done, that doesn't happen in today's college football anymore. So I think it's big um, for that. But I, I think more so, and looking ahead to next season, I, I think it's more important in, in that realm um, because Joe's going to be back next year. And mm-hmm. Nico Ialmaliava, he's coming in here. He's the five-star Obviously, that that is going to be a circus, and, and I say that in the most sincere way possible, not not in a bad way. But I mean, he's a five star. Uh, th- there's been a lot of rumblings about how he got to Tennessee out there, and that that on top of the five star. I mean, the the moment he's not playing, I mean, it, it's there, there's going to be conversations. I mean, there's no right. it's no secret. It's college football. It's college athletics. We know how this works with five stars. Mm-hmm. But I I think the the best thing for Tennessee. Uh, is for Joe to to be ready to go and ready right. to play from from game one, which I think will end up being the case. Uh, and, and it's not a bad thing or or a reflection of Nico Ialmaliava. It's a reflection of uh, Josh Heupel putting his program in the the best situation possible to win uh, and and not have to worry about relying on a true freshman in Nico. Nico may may be what Trevor Lawrence was as a freshman or, or Tua or, or Bryce Young or one of these other five-star quarterbacks that that seem to come in every year but there's no guarantee that he's going to come in ready to play so if he isn't ready to play right away I mean look at what DJ Uyunglele has done at Clemson nobody he hasn't played (laughs) to the level anybody thought that he would and he was he he was probably more hyped up than than what Nico is coming in so you just don't know so to have Joe back next year and, and I think he he's going to prove to be a, a pretty good starting quarterback to have that and not have to throw Nico into the fire uh and, and Nico can kind of just wade in and, and get his toes wet and, and get comfortable add weight and, and all of those things and hopefully Nico will take that in stride and view it as a good thing I mean it's not a bad thing to have a, a red shirt year of sorts and, and look he'll still get an opportunity to play as well so I, I think that's the the bigger plus with, with Joe at the moment okay. is it, like, obviously nobody's looking ahead to next year, but I mean, he, he, you could have another great year of quarterbacking at Tennessee with Joe after, after Hendon moves on this year. And I think that's big just because you don't know what you're going to get from Nico from day one. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm kind of staying on that offensive side of the ball. Tennessee has kind of struggled running the football up to this point. I know they looked better last night, but uh, against Pitt, it was kind of non-existent. What do you kind of see as the, the kind of, struggle like what's what's Tennessee struggling with on on that aspect 
Yeah, that, that's a fascinating topic for me because I, I do agree with you. Like there's this natural feel of the running game doesn't look the way that it's supposed to, mm-hmm. but like I can't pinpoint the reason why. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt because Pittsburgh was so predicated on stopping the run. We're, we're, we're going to load the box. You're not going to run on us. And uh, Tennessee's coaches spoke openly about that last week, both Josh Eichel mm. uh, and Alex Golish, that <laughs> when they were asked about stopping the run, they, they felt okay about the running game given the circumstances of mm-hmm. pit loading the box and, and needing to attack on the perimeter. So it, it seems like that was maybe a one-off. We'll, we'll, we'll see the next couple of games, and, and that is obviously something that we may revisit if Tennessee struggles against the run uh, with Florida uh, and LSU. Uh, we'll, we'll look back and, and think, okay, that wasn't a one-off. Maybe that was a sign of, of things to come rather than just uh, an indictment of the situation of, of that particular game. But if I'm not mistaken, USF ran the ball all over Florida last yeah, night. So, like so Tennessee should something. be able to yeah. – right. Uh, and and I, I like Tennessee's three backs. We'll see how healthy they are on, on Saturday. Uh, but Jabari Small, I, I think the, there's this weird feeling around the running game just because we haven't really seen a ton of Jabari Small after he had a, a great offseason and, and was talked about quite a bit. Uh, but Jalen Wright, I mean, he's looked great other than the two fumbles that he had in the first two games, and that was a product of him being banged up all throughout fall camp and, and not having any contact. Uh, if he if he was hit in practice throughout fall camp, it was – very few times. So I, I think that was more why he fumbled rather than him just having a fumbling issue uh, because of who he is as a running back. And, and he took a nice step forward and not fumbling for a third straight game last night. But aside from the fumbles, Jalen Wright's looked terrific. Dylan Sampson's looked terrific. So I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt for now, just because again, Pitt was so predicated on stopping the run. Narduzzi's real stubborn in, in that sense. Uh, and, and it'll be a big test this weekend. Tennessee's going to have to run the football. Because if you go back and you look at every Josh Heupel coach team, everybody talks about the passing and, and this and that with the quarterbacks and receivers. But it always starts with the running game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm and that's I think that's an interesting just going into SEC. Obviously this week, big one, Florida, and it's, and it's the next game. Um, but going into SEC play, how – do we see more after this week, especially? Do we see more of Dylan Sampson than we have, than we did in the pit game? He, we talked about it just before you got on, he seems to be the best back in space. Is that going to be the point moving forward, or is it kind of even if Jabari's – if assuming Jabari's healthy, is it still just Jabari and Jalen's game pretty much? Yeah, I, I think so, um, just because I, I do agree with you that Dylan Sampson is the shiftiest and uh, can, can break the most tackles or, or make the – the most guys miss, um, but Jabari Small is is the veteran, and it's why you see Warren Burrell on the field um, because coaches trust the veterans who they they know that they're not going to bust on their assignment. They they may not make the play, but they're not going to to run the wrong play and just simply not be where they're supposed to be. They they would rather bank on that than a, a youngster who may be more talented and just potentially having an all-time type of bust that that could be the difference uh, in the game. And, and mm-hmm. I know I'm getting off from the running backs, but Warren Burrell also, like, there's no corners. There's, there's no other options. That's a depth. Yeah, that's a depth problem that I mentioned earlier with Josh Heupel and people forgetting that he's in his 16th, 17th game, mm-hmm. start of year two. 
but at running back, I mean, I, I think it's more of a, a nice three-headed monster, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a nice trio. I think Jalen Wright uh, and Samson both have more wiggle than Jabari Small, but I also do think Small has a little more wiggle than people give him credit for. He 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 can put his foot in the ground and, and make a quick cut and and make a guy miss. We, we've we've seen that from him uh, before, and and he's a, a tough runner. So I I think he's a good underappreciated back because he isn't necessarily uh, the new age version of running backs, which seem to be the the sexy making guys miss left and right. But he still gets the job done, and he's the veteran, and, and coaches are going to lean on him. So I, I certainly think, assuming that he's healthy and good enough to go. He's going to get the bulk of the work. Uh, but Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson, they're going to get their opportunities in this offense because they're just simply two talented football players to keep off the field. Yeah, I agree with that. And I want to get your take on Josh Heupel. I know you're kind of hitting on the program in general earlier. Um, but kind of what he just seems like a genuine guy. And, you know, I know the jury's probably still out because, like you mentioned, he is just in his 16th game. But what he took over and where the program is at now just seems like, I mean, a shot in the dark. Um, Like, no one expected them to be at this point. What's kind of been your interaction with Josh Heupel, you know, when he meets with the media and just kind of your overall thoughts on where the program's at now? Right now, the program's in a a great spot. Uh, You've (laughs) got to sell out against Florida. College game day's coming to town. Uh, Checker Neyland. I mean, it couldn't be in a better spot at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, 16, 17 games in, given what he took over, just with the, the talent that was leaving via the portal. And, and it wasn't just bodies leaving and transferring just because there's a coaching change. I mean, there there were significant players leaving the portal. I mean, you look around college football yesterday and Eric Gray's torching Nebraska as Oklahoma's running back. And. Uh, I believe Wanya Morris and, and Key Lawrence was starting in that game. You, you look down at Alabama, and Henry Tolotolo is one of the best players on, on Alabama's defense, one of the leaders on that team. So there were key players transferring out, uh, and, and there was a lack of talent, and it produced a, a lack of depth on, on this roster. Uh, on top of all the recruiting busts uh, from Jeremy Pruitt, the guys that he brought in that he thought were, were going to be really good, that turned out to be very overrated or – or just busts in in general. So on top of dealing with that, he had to also deal with the NCAA investigation uh, <laughs> and just this um, this opinion of of what Tennessee is by people outside of Tennessee. So for him to have College Game Day come into town and and be in the top fifteen with a chance to to get into the top ten if he beats Florida a year later. I mean, he he went from being uh, I think a fifteen point underdog last year against Florida in the swamp to a, a 10 point favorite. I think that tells you all you need to know. I also think that uh, Tennessee selling out the Akron game tells you all you need to know about yeah. where the program is sure. as well. And look, at some point expectations will change. I, and I, I kind of think they'll start to change a little bit this week. I, I don't think anybody expects him to beat Alabama or Georgia just yet, but this is a, a very doable Florida game. I mean, the, Tennessee is the better team on paper. Will, will that mean Tennessee wins? I don't know. And probably not knowing the, the history of, <laughs> of this game. We, we, we know how these games go, right. unfortunately. Um, but again, he, he's done great up until this point. He's done all that he can, but he still hasn't won a bowl game or, or gone to a significant bowl. He hasn't competed uh, for the SEC East. 
he and at Tennessee, you have the resources to go win a national championship. He hasn't competed uh, to 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 make the playoffs or or win a national championship. He hasn't beaten any of the big three, uh, and nobody's faulting him for that. But they will at some point, and and I do think that time is is coming sooner rather than later because of how how quickly he has gotten things going. Uh, but at the moment, he, he is he's he's riding high right now, and he is what you see is kind of what you get. In a sense, you're not going to get the fluff from him. Everybody loves Eli Drinkwitz and Shane Beamer because they they they're very accessible and they they buddy up to the media. I mean, every week I, I see more highlights of Shane Beamer's press conference than I do his football team <laughs> playing. Uh, and you're not going to get that with Josh Heifel. I mean, you're just not. He, yeah. he, it's not that he doesn't like doing media. It's just he he's not enamored with it like a Beamer or a Drinkwitz, and and because of that. National. I'm more so speaking about national media and kind yeah. of SEC level media. They they don't fall head over heels for him like they do for Drinkwitz or or Beamer or or even going back to Butch uh, early in Butch's tenure or, or Lane. Like that's not Josh Heifel. But away from the camera and away from the microphone, just interacting with his players. I mean, he he's as genuine as it gets, and uh, not a lot of hypocrite in him like some former coaches or. Um, he, he he genuinely has the best interest of his players at heart, and that hasn't always been the case uh, during this decade of dysfunction. So uh, he, he's as genuine as it gets. And, and you see that by what the players say about him and how the recruits love him as well. The recruits I talk to after visits, they, they love hanging with him, uh, and that goes for the rest of the coaching staff uh, as well. So the program's in as good of a spot as it could be right now. And if, if you would have told me that, it is where it is right now. A year ago, I, I probably would have told you that you were crazy. Absolutely. And my favorite thing was when we hired him, all the people were saying he can't recruit and he benefited from uh, being uh, behind Scott Frost at UCF. Well, look at Scott Frost. And then he goes out and lands a five-star quarterback. So he's kind of like put those reservations that people had to rest a little bit. Now, maybe that changes over time, but – at this very moment, he's kind of put all that to, to rest pretty quickly. He has. And and yeah. at the time, it, it was always silly to say that he benefited from Scott Frost and uh, his, 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 the UCF got worse. I know that was uh, yeah. a common narrative out there uh, from people outside of uh, Tennessee that, that UCF got worse. Well, yeah, they went 12 and 0 the year before. They're, they're going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's hard to go undefeated. <laughs> right. Right. They, I mean, they still went 10 and 2 his first year. And when you break it down from a statistical standpoint of what his offenses were able to do after Scott Frost, UCF was actually better offensively under Heupel than they were Frost. Uh, and, and there's going to be a natural step back when you go 12 and 0. I mean, it, it's nearly impossible to, to duplicate undefeated season so yeah. to expect that after a coaching change no less was was always unrealistic and uh, and then and then there was also the narrative that he doesn't like to recruit uh and wasn't going to be a good recruiter and, and that was a false narrative as well and that really tied into him not being all gung-ho about having relationships with the media that 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 was tv stations down there in orlando being butthurt that they weren't best friends with hypo so <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, that that was always ridiculous, and, and so far he's proven all those those doubters wrong. And again, expectations are beginning to change. I, I think uh, this this game this weekend is I won't say it's a must win, but it's 
it's it's a golden opportunity that I think Tennessee needs to take advantage of while they can, uh, if it really wants to, to to fast track the program on the trajectory that it is right now. But Josh Heupel is uh, he, he, what you see is what you get from him, uh, and that's why the players love him and the recruits love him as well. Right, and you, you said it. It's hard to call it a must win because there's so much season ahead. It is, but getting into you know you mentioned the fans you sell out checker kneeling. Um, it's a Florida team that you're 10 points better than on paper. Uh, see, twice in 18 years. I mean, all these college game days coming in, all these storylines around it is almost turning it into must win. All eyes are on Josh Heupel. This is the next step. Like, if you want to be a good program, this is the next step. you got to go beat Florida at some point. you really got to beat them when you're better than them. Um, so I, I, I think that even adds maybe more pressure. Um, and I think it's too – I think it's just a lot of mental for Tennessee in the program. Like, what's the feeling – Obviously, you haven't got into it this week, but most Florida weeks, is there a little bit of tension? I mean, it's a rivalry. Like, how how do you think that may kind of spin this week? Like, how will that – how do they prepare with all of that, all the odds, all of that on them? Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating dynamic uh, because, obviously, we who have followed Tennessee football for, for so many years, uh, especially – I mean, even really going back towards – or back to when Peyton was playing in the late mm-hmm. 90s, Florida has always had Tennessee's number. Uh, at least in my lifetime, Florida has always had Tennessee's number. So it's a weird dynamic in the sense of we know that because we've we've kept up with the Tennessee football program for so long and, and practically all of our lives. Mm-hmm. But Hendon Hooker doesn't know about that or, sure. or care about that. Cedric Tillman doesn't <laughs> care about that either. And I am always one because it, it gets brought up uh, every year. And I'm not really just speaking about Tennessee, Florida, but just in sports in general, uh, a team having another team's number or, or having a ton of success traditionally against the team, folks just automatically assume that the team that's had more success is going to win just because they have historically. Uh, like, for instance, the, the Tennessee-Kentucky game. Tennessee's beaten down Kentucky for forever, right? right. Um, and and people now just assume that because there's a power T on the side of the helmet and UK is on the side of their helmet, like Tennessee's automatically going to win just because of that. And, and that's always frustrated me because it's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> Mark Stoops actually has a good football program. And Tennessee's going to have to play good football to beat Kentucky. And it's kind of the same for, for Vanderbilt there in those couple of Mason years with Kyle Shermer when they were able to pull off some upsets, like just because – traditionally it has gone one way doesn't mean it's going to go that way this year. And uh, I kind of think that applies to Florida, although there's definitely a a bigger mental hurdle. Uh, And I do think it's more for the fans, because if if you think about it, other than the the Tennessee kids on the roster and some of the, 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 the former staff members uh, and not just on the field, but off the field staff members who have come back to Tennessee under Heupel, I mean, outside of those handful of people, the, nobody has a connection to this rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Josh Heupel doesn't care how the Tennessee-Florida rivalry game has, has gone for the last so many years. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of Tony Vitello in baseball and how Florida mm-hmm. and, and Vanderbilt had always had Tennessee's number in baseball. Tony Vitello had no impact on that. And now that he's gotten here and kind of turned the program around, Tennessee's the one beating Florida on a routine basis. And, and – 
maybe this past year's sweep of Vanderbilt, Tennessee baseball is going to start sweeping or, or beating, I should say, <laughs> Vanderbilt on a more regular basis. We'll like Tony Vitello didn't care about the tradition of that game. So I think it's a weird dynamic. The, the fans obviously have a, a certain feeling about the game, and, okay. and I do think that's going to have an added pressure on top of game day and all those other things. But the players, they don't care. I mean, they, they, these are all Georgia boys and, and kids from Florida and, and the Virginias and uh, the Mississippis, like Louisiana. Like, they, these kids don't care about what Tennessee and Florida has traditionally done because they weren't a part of it. So I, I think that's a good thing that Hendon Hooker is going to go into this matchup not feeling the pressure that the fans are feeling. Yep. But um, aside from – kind of the, the mental hurdle. I, I do think with Tennessee being 10-point favorites and game day being in town and, and Checker Neyland and uh, Tennessee is the better team. There, there will be pressure on them, and I'm curious to see how, how they handle it. I think they will handle it well because the leadership is in a good place with guys like Hooker and, and Tillman and, and some of the defensive guys as well. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, I agree with you about the the players don't care. It's definitely more of a outside noise thing. I, I don't think you could get some of the top minds in college football, sports psychology, all of that to explain how Mark Stoops is two and six, two and seven, whatever against Tennessee. Cause it doesn't make sense. Like you said, Kentucky he routinely beats Florida, wise, but it can't beat Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't program wise. That program has been better shaped than Tennessee's and it, it doesn't add up. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. I, I don't, he, <laughs> I mean, he, I think he's beaten Florida three out of the last five years, but he can't beat Tennessee, and, and Florida's been better than Tennessee. Uh, it, it makes no sense. But I, I know that Tennessee fans take a lot of joy in, in seeing that despite Kentucky being a better football program, they still can't beat Tennessee. Yeah, I don't get it. I love it. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, ben, it's, it's been awesome having you on. Um it wouldn't be a real show having you on if I didn't ask you about Tennessee baseball. Not trying to take away from your coverage with basketball or football, but baseball is your baby. I understand that. So um, you mentioned Tony Vitell in this baseball program. Tennessee's going to have a different lineup next year. Um, who are some names that that you kind of know in this off season that that fans should probably get to know? Yeah, there's a lot because you're replacing the entire <laughs> started lineup uh, practically. Um, Zane Denton at third base, uh, transfer from Alabama, who has a lot of pop from the left side. Uh, that swing's really going to translate well to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. We already know. Uh, and he's terrific <laughs> defensively. Uh, so that that's going to be a big piece of the lineup, Zane Denton at third. And, and he's a Tennessee kid uh, as as well. The, the, the name to know is Maui Ahuna, the, mm. the transfer from Kansas. He might be Tennessee's best player, which is saying something because Chase Dolander is going to be in the conversation for the number one overall pick. And assuming that everything goes according to plan, I mean, at worst, he'll be a top five pick. So to, to say that Maui Ahuna, the, the transfer shortstop from Kansas, might be your best player is is saying something when you have a Chase Dolander. And, and Chase Burns next year will be in that same conversation of, of top five, top ten pick. Uh, so Maui Ahuna and Zane Denton on the left side of the infield. Looks like the right side of the infield is, is going to be two pretty familiar names and Christian Moore at second and, and Blake Burke uh, at first. The outfield is is going to be interesting because you add Griffin Merritt from Cincinnati, who was uh, the AAC player of the year and hit uh, several home runs uh, last season at Cincinnati. He'll, he'll probably be a corner outfielder. And th there's so many other guys in that outfield right now that are competing uh, for spots because there are so many guys. I mean, you return a guy like Christian Scott, who is 
been here a, a long time and because he's been here a long time, I think that it is certainly possible that he opens the season as a starter. Uh, you've got Kyle Booker back. Can this be the year that all of his potential really comes together and, and he kind of makes something happen? Uh, but then you you have a lot of newcomers that the staff is really excited about. Colby Backus, the the JUCO addition from Walter State, uh, he, he's a a kid that they're really excited about. And and then they have a couple of freshmen who remind them of Jordan Beck when Jordan Beck was a freshman. Uh, specifically, Alex Stanwich. He's an outfielder from Illinois, and he's built just like Beck. Maybe not as tall, but in terms of of just. Uh, as muscular as he is for his age is pretty ridiculous. And C-35. he and – what's that? C-35. <laughs> I, he actually doesn't look 35, but it, his body <laughs> acts like he's 35. Gotcha. Um, but him and uh, Reese Chapman, uh, another freshman, those are two outfielders that yeah. when they got to campus uh, late in the summer, they were already hitting balls off the scoreboard. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of competition out there in the outfield. And, and you'll have Jared Dickey. Back there behind the plate catching uh, Charlie Taylor will be back. And and then there, there's some names to know in the, the bullpen as well uh, on top of guys coming back like Camden Sewell. That was obviously a big decision. Camden decided to come back. Uh, Seth Halverson is a name that Tennessee fans would have known last year, but he got hurt. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is a, a major league prospect, has been in the past, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy, uh, has a fastball up to 100. Uh, and he, he could even play center field. Uh, he did at Missouri his freshman year, and I think they're also tinkering with that this fall, letting him play some outfield in addition to pitching. So uh, that could be a fascinating situation to watch. And then you have Kirby back, and Wyatt Evans is back. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, Xander Seacrest, really excited to see what his role looks like. Uh, but then Zach Joyce, the twin brother of Ben, has decided to play baseball. And from my understanding, he's looked terrific. He, he's not going to throw 103, 104, uh, but he has a hard fastball, uh, upper 90s, and um, I would say is is more of a pitcher than just a, a thrower. And I think Ben Joyce does get a bad rap. Ben isn't just a, a hard thrower. He has good secondary pitches. Uh, they just need to be developed more, and I think you're seeing that as he's gotten into minor league baseball. Uh, Andrew Lindsay, a transfer from Charlotte, looks like he's going to be a nice bullpen option as well and uh, sat out last season at Charlotte due to some personal um, things that he had going on in his life. Um, but he's a Tennessee kid, and uh, he, he looked really good over the offseason. So there, there's going to be a lot of new names, um, but I, I don't think that there's going to be a big drop-off. And and it's a it's a team that still, in my opinion, will compete to win the SEC and make another run at Omaha. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, and congrats to you. You you just got on with 247. You just had a baby, Knox. I'll be honest, when you know I, I saw when you had the baby and then you put in the – the thing that, you know, you had some personal news that you're leaving. I thought you were going to Ole Miss <laughs> or USC. No, I, no, I couldn't do that. I, I wasn't going to hit the portal in that way. I wasn't going to hit the portal in that way. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I, I think everybody's talking about Josh Heupel and whatnot. I, I think my, my two-month-old deserves as much credit as anybody. I mean, the Vols are 3-0 since he was born. That's a good, so, that's a good point. Okay. Um, that's, I, also, good. that's also your fault, so – you're the key to true. <laughs> true. Very, very, very true. Now we're going to test this theory uh, on Saturday. Uh, yeah. If, if Tennessee beats Florida, it is 1,000% my two-month-old Knox because, obviously, I mean, he's what's changed since uh, Tennessee started beating Florida again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you also – you floated it out there, and it was funny. I texted Landon like 10 minutes before you tweeted it. 
Tony Vitello on game day. How do we, I love the idea of Dolly. That would be fantastic. But Tony Vitello would probably be the best game day guest. Like they might try to hire him away from Tennessee like they did Pat McAfee. How do we make that happen? Is that what's, I don't even know how guest pickers happen, but we got to do it. We just keep tweeting about it. Is that, is that what we do? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they work either. Uh, <laughs> am I crazy for thinking that Dolly's unrealistic? I, I know everybody. I said that too. Wanting, yeah. just too I great. like it. To me, maybe I'm just being naive and I'm wrong. But it, it feels like I, I don't know. I just don't see Dolly doing game day. That that would be awesome, and yeah. it'd be really cool to see. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It just, <laughs> I, I mean, they've had Katy Perry, but I mean, isn't like Dolly bigger than than her and, and some of these other big time guests like a Matthew McConaughey? I, I don't know. I, she just seems unrealistic to me, but it'd be really cool if they could pull that one off. I said Tony Vitello just because of how entertaining he is, exactly. not because oh, yeah. my favorite sport to cover is baseball, because <laughs> baseball is my favorite sport, but um, just because I know how entertaining he will be. Like, that mm-hmm. is must-watch television, Tony Vitello being up there for 15 minutes uh, sitting next to Pat McAfee. That that is yeah. appointment oh, yeah. television. <laughs> that, that, that is something you record and, and go back and, and watch, so – uh, I think Tony would be a great option. I think Rick would be slick, funny to get up there. Rick has yeah. a nice uh, sense of humor. He he'd be good up there. Uh, they've got a couple of uh, of different options. But if it's I were in charge, I, I would get Tony. Vitello. If it's Kenny Chesney, we riot and we we kidnap him and make somebody else do it. <clears throat> well, that that's one thousand percent what's going to happen, isn't it? They're, oh, they're going to go get Kenny, which I get it. And I, if I he picks Florida, somebody will destroy him as soon as he like says <laughs> if an f starts coming out of his mouth somebody's gonna throw something at him right between the eyes well the good news is that we we know that kenny likes to play to a crowd so i i don't i don't it's think true. that he would pick the pick the gators uh yeah. in that instance but i don't know who's in charge of doing the game day picker but <laughs> if you're listening and you want the best entertainment value dolly may be the bigger name but tony will be more entertaining I can sure. promise you that. And and if they need to get their jet, you know, sponsorship in, they can fly them in a circle around McGee Tossin and land and pull Tony out of a jet. I'm sure he'll yeah. love the photo shoot. Just do it. Yeah. Yes. Just look, a couple minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's obviously going to be a big weekend for the football program and recruiting, but it's going. They've got some big time baseball players coming in next weekend as well. So I'm sure Tony would love the publicity. There's no no doubt about that. <laughs> But Chad's going to be like, man, I thought this was my off season. Now I got to go like make sure Tony has makeup and everything done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chad, Chad, uh, Chad, Chad will be in charge of getting the makeup for game day. I'm, yeah. I love that. Um, I, we appreciate it, man. That, or do you yeah. have one more thing, Landon? Sorry. I actually have two more questions. Okay. And, yeah. and it has nothing to do with Tennessee, really. Um, <laughs> number one, AL MVP, who you got, Otani or Aaron Judge? Why are you even asking me this? You, you know what He's my gonna, answer is. Okay. Are you a Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, for those who do not know, I, I am a diehard New York Yankees fan. I I, I love the Yankees. My, I'm a military brat, and we were stationed in, in New York for four years when I was getting into baseball uh, as a kid. So that's how I became a Yankees right. fan. And Derek Jeter was my favorite growing up. And obviously, I'm going to say Judge. But I, I genuinely do think Judge is the MVP. Uh, Otani's having an MVP season. Don't get me wrong. Like they both deserve the award, but what judge is doing is absolutely stupid. I mean, he's about to hit 60 home runs and break the AL record. And for some, they'll consider if he gets to 62, 63, they'll consider that the the all time record because some don't 
consider Barry Bonds in his 73. They don't consider that the record because he he did it on steroids. So he, he's in a way about to become the the home run king in a season, and you, you're not going to give him the MVP in in that manner. Yeah. And you, I know Tani obviously pitches as well, and again, it's stupid what he is doing. But even with him pitching, judges WAR, which is his how they assess his value. It's higher than Otani's even combined pitching and hitting. So uh, I, I and I think Judge has been more valuable. You take the you take Judge off the Yankees and the Yankees are not making the playoffs. You take Otani off the Angels, they're still thirty million games under. So it's Aaron Judge <laughs> and it's not even close. Well, he hit fifty eight today, right? Yep, he hit uh, no, fifty eight and fifty nine. Oh, he hit fifty nine. Yeah, you didn't two. say a word about Landon. You're not a really Yankees fan. What? No, we had a, we had a <laughs> total week last last episode. And a MLB analyst said, Aaron Judge, home runs, 57. Shohei Otani, home runs plus uh, game started, 58. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> God, I, whatever. He gets paid a lot more money than I do, but whatever. Um, and also, I have one more question. So, you know, that was correct. You got that one right, Jim. <laughs> um, did you teach Eric Kane – Everything you know about baseball? No, all surprised it. He's gonna love that. Yeah, all surprised it. That that is AP Junior. So AP Junior. Uh, oh man, Eric, everything he needs to know about baseball <laughs> and everything else. That's awesome. Well, no, I, I love Eric. I love Eric. Eric's the man. He does great work, and uh, enjoyed my time working with Bryn and Rob and Austin and all them and. Made a decision I felt was best for my family. So uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. really that cut and dry at the end of the day. And I, I already miss working with Eric and the guys and, and wish them the absolute best. I, I know they're killing it with, with their coverage over at uh, the news site. So happy for them. Yeah. So kind of what, what's that been like for you, just that transition? And um, what do you think about the new team you got? Yeah, uh, it, it's been an interesting transition, just in the sense of my first day was the, the day of the opener. Uh, so learning thrown in, <laughs> right. And I mean, my, what, what I'm doing, um, it isn't really changing. Uh, obviously baseball is still my baby. Everybody helps with, with football. Uh, I'll be helping Ryan Callahan with football recruiting as well. And, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have more of an emphasis on basketball, uh, once basketball season rolls around as well. So my, my role hasn't really changed. Um, just doing it for a different site and, uh, it's been, great i i know tennessee fans have the perception of wes but uh wes is as nice of a human being as you will meet uh it's hard to find a, a nicer human human being than wes and, and all the guys over there grant ramey patrick brown ryan callahan they're, they're all super nice and have been super friendly and uh have, have really made the transition easy for me and it's just been crazy just because it's a different website uh, and as i'm sure you all know with uploading content and uh, now it's easy and it's second nature, but once you do it for the first time and you're learning how to do it and where to do it and trying to remember all these different things, that that's been the that that's been what's made it hectic. But other than that, it's it's been a lot of fun. Pittsburgh was a fun trip, and excited to see how the rest of this football season plays out and continue to cover that, and then get into basketball that that should be another fun season, and and then get into baseball, which should be another fun season. So there, there's I in my lifetime. I don't. I can't think of a better time to 
I won't say be a Tennessee fan because I was three years old when Tennessee won a national championship. So some fans got to experience a national championship, but the athletic department as a whole, when you look at the three main sports in football, men's basketball and baseball, on top of what looks like it's going to be a fun season for Kelly Harper and the Lady Vols and Karen Weekly's always doing her thing with the softball team. Mm-hmm. Like the, the athletic department on top of the administration, just continuing to take care of the fans and, and kind of their, their, needs and wants uh, as much as they can. I think Danny White and his staff are doing a tremendous job. The athletic department as a whole is as good as I've ever seen it. Granted, I'm only 27 <laughs> years old, and, and there's people out there much older than I am. We've had some hard times. Tw- yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my 27 years on this earth, the, the athletic department is a, as healthy as it's ever been and excited to continue covering this football season and then some fun basketball and baseball seasons coming up. Yeah. And uh, just in case anyone doesn't know where to find you, um, where can they follow you? Websites, all that good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, ben McKee 14 on Twitter and then go Vols 247. We've got a, a ton of coverage. Everything Vols over there at go Vols 247. That's that's how you can keep up with us in, in our work. Perfect. That's yeah, awesome. Y'all kill it over there. So, so I appreciate you and appreciate what y'all do. And um, yeah, I'm excited for the rest of this football season. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate y'all having me on and, I saw y'all tailgating. I might have to swing by this upcoming Saturday. So Dude, hey, we got we'll, some good food too. So yeah, we'll, we'll sure. be there right at sunrise probably. <laughs> so uh, whenever you get to the stadium, just stop on by. Yeah, we appreciate you, Ben, and um, wish you the best of luck and, and congrats to you on your new um, adventure there at GoVoss Two Four Seven. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, and anytime you need me, I'm here. So y'all have a great week. Appreciate you. See Thank you, man. You. Have a good one. <laughs> All right, that got me even more fired up. Let's get I just, it. You know, someone that's in the program day in, day out, getting to see kind of the – I mean, obviously he writes about it, and, you know, you can learn there. At, you know, Like I said, Go, Go Balls 247 does a great job. Um, he was with VolQuest for a while. They also do a great job. And you learn from, from them and, and their storytelling and their writing. But love getting to sit down with, like, Kim and, and Kane. And, um, and yeah, Kane might have some bit. competition, our favorite journalist. <laughs> He better be careful. Uh, we have him on. He, he's going to need a new. He's going to need like a weekly spot. To keep up. So yeah, there you go. To, it's on you. It's on you. <clears throat> All right. I, uh, what do you do? You have anything else, kind of, about the the Tennessee Akron game or Tennessee Florida game before we move around to the rest of college football? No, not much happened this week, but not really. Um, I don't think there's a lot to take from it. I think Tennessee dominated another team. They should have dominated. Yeah. That's great to see because that hasn't happened a lot, um, you know, the past couple of years where, where Tennessee just dominated somebody they should. Akron is downright terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I think DJ Irons is a, a decent football player. He runs his mouth way too much, but um, I think he is a decent quarterback. He didn't run like I thought he would run. Um, I thought that was weird, but I, I think the, the biggest key for Florida, and, and I meant to ask Ben this and – um, you know, maybe you can, you know, kind of correct me if I'm wrong. But if Tennessee stops Anthony Richardson, they keep him contained in the pocket, they win this yeah. ball game. And, yeah, that's – so, like, I almost want to say stop isn't the right word. Because um, I think – first off, I don't think Anthony Richardson's that good. I think no. he's a – like, I think he's okay. I think he can do some good things. I, I think it's the – like drooling over him is a lot like people were drooling over Joe Milton last year. It's the body yeah. size. It's, you know, the him. freak athleticism. You see a freak athlete. Yeah. You start right. 
and and he's got that similar build to the Joe Milton. Yeah, he doesn't have the arm Joe Milton has at all. No, and so I think for me, like I don't even think stops the right word. It's just you you said contain right after that. I think contains the right word. Yeah, keep him in the pocket. That, that's yeah. what people have done to this point. And besides Utah, and they're zero and two in their last two games. When you were able to contain him, keep him in the pocket, make him beat you with your with his arm. I don't they, think he's capable of doing it. They ended up one and one. Oh yeah, that's right. They should should be zero and two. Should that be hold? That's a fail of the week. That hold. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I should have been a holder in college. Should have done it. Um. Yeah, that's a. Uh, Florida should be zero and two in the last two. It's. Yeah, I, I just don't think Anthony Richardson's all that good. So I like our chances. It's you know been kind of said it like, a lot of the Florida. Tennessee, like, allure of Tennessee not being able to win it is definitely more predicated on history and, like, fans of either Tennessee or fans of just college football that have seen the games. Yeah. Not that Tennessee's had a lot of better teams in recent – in fact, the last time they had probably, like, clearing out a better team on paper, they did win. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. And uh, I think – yeah, Tennessee's got a really good chance to knock off Florida, get over that hump. But again, I, I like what he said. Like Josh Heupel doesn't care about that. Hinton Hooker doesn't care about that. I mean, a lot of this yeah. team is semi-new. You know, Cedric Tillman wasn't a factor really up until last year. Um, so I mean, that that one win in, in seventeen years is not. Hopefully, it's not on their mind. Hopefully, it's just us fans just knowing that history, and you know, hopefully, they're able to kind of block that out and right. just go beat a team that you should beat. Yeah, I mean, like they've done up to this point. That stuff certainly doesn't matter. I think it's more of just like everything's lining up that it's all happening this week. Checker kneeling, which is a big deal. It always kind of adds a little spice. College game day, obviously, they're on campus. You know, Monday doing interviews and, and around, yep. you see them. Um, a rivalry game, maybe a Hendon-Hooker-Heisman campaign. You do have kind of the weirdness of Anthony Richardson where you saw him at Utah, and, I mean, he didn't play fantastic against Utah, but he won them the ball game. Right. And, and it starts to kind of add it to his legitimacy. So I think there's just all of that kind of coming around that I I think you it's do have to battered find. battered ball syndrome. Well, yes, but I think I do think if you want to kind of like you said, block it out. I think you have to almost intentionally block it out. Like it has to be a and leader. Ben talked about this. The leadership it takes a leader to say, like, kind of recognize that it's there, and move past it. Yeah. Kind of deal. Like, yeah, this all is happening this week, but it's also all happening this week because of what we've done this season. So we've earned the right to kind of put pressure on us. Now let's move. Now let's go and and let's put more pressure on us next week at LSU or two weeks from now at LSU. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a great chance to kind of rewrite that script of, hey, this is a new team. New program, right. everything. Flip yeah, it all, yeah. like you said. Yeah, new athletic program. Yeah, this is – you know, when we set the stage like this, we perform. Right. You know, we're not going to set the stage and then just, you know, crap an egg. Yeah, you don't you do not do a dress rehearsal, have a great dress rehearsal just to go out on opening night and crap the bed. Like, yeah. you do a great dress rehearsal, so when you get out there, you get a standing O for your for your bows. So, yep. 
go earn it. Yeah, you or sorry, not go earn it. You earned it already. Go finish it. Yeah. I think I it's kind of weird. Like now that I say that, and it's very cliche of football, but like this is week one while simultaneously being week twelve. Like this is the only game that matters. Go do it. Just just focus on this game, get it done, worry about every, worry about everything else later. It's like Josh Hopple might say, you, you can't be fifteen and zero until you're four and zero. Exactly. I, uh, you know, it's I, almost, I meant to mention this. It's almost because I don't know if you watched this press conference. I believe it was West that asked the question about the chippiness. It's almost like Josh Heupel is so bad at media, he's good. <laughs> yeah, like you're like that was a terrible answer, but you're like you also didn't say anything you regret. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing. We haven't had any of those yet, so you know I'm. I'll be okay with him just not giving us anything than giving us something that we're just like. You can't win this? jobs in a press conference. Yeah, you what does that it? mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that he's just. If he doesn't give us anything, fine. Just don't be cringing. Well, it's like uh, I saw someone today. They were talking about how Shane Beamer's press conferences went unless people trolled him. And I was like, well, don't give him, don't give him something to troll. Like you know, when he was asked about the linebackers, yeah. he's like, well, I mean, what do you want me to say, Phil? I don't think it was Phil that time. I was like, what do you want me to say? They're, they're five stars. I mean, they're five-star players. Like, what? Yeah, like, I dude, mean, calm down. That's like, I love what Ben said. He had a great comment. that He, see, he sees more highlights from Shane Beamer's press conference than he does their football team. Yeah. No, for, and I probably should. That football team's not good. No. At all. Yeah, Georgia is that good, though. <laughs> Unfortunately. It, Stetson Bennett got better after not being all that great and winning a national. It's the haircut, dude. It's the haircut for sure. It's the haircut. Yeah, I mean, we we're talking about how um, you know UCF took a step back after they go twelve and zero. I thought Georgia would take a step back, and it, it, they didn't. So yeah, nope. Um, they might have just gotten that much better, which is crazy because yeah. that defense, which I mean, their defense isn't better. Yeah, well, let's I let's, say get, that. let's see get into some college football. Joe, you want to get in here with us also? And um, let, let's talk just real quick that Georgia. Let's start at Georgia, South Carolina, and we can just roll on after that. First off, I mean, if you pick Spencer Rattler and that South Carolina offense, you're dumb. But my problem isn't that just like I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong often. But that was an easy answer. That was a layup. The teacher gave us the study guide last year and said, this is Shane Beamer. This is South Carolina's offense. This is Spencer Rattler. This is what he can do. They, we had the study guide. They're garbage, and they're going to be garbage. Yeah, they're not good. And then Georgia. I'm, I'm kicking myself for not taking that line. I don't know why. It's just so big. Oh, the over was right. Georgia's yeah. offense is good. The mailman can score. It just I banked on Rattler at least being able to score two touchdowns. Yeah, they didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. I figured it'd be garbage time, to be fair. Yeah. I figured it'll be garbage time. Um, But there were some good games um, any that kind of stuck out to you this weekend? I know we didn't go uh, you know, watch, to watch a ton because we were at the tailgate. We did have the, the game going a little bit. Um, Michigan State, Washington, that was a, a pretty good game. Washington kind of took control and just kind of coasted the rest of the way. Um, Miami, Texas A&M was an absolute snooze fest. Yeah, that's really the only – besides USC, Fresno State, those are the only games I really got to watch. And then, well – Nebraska, Oklahoma, but walked away from that one. That was awful. Yeah. Awful. Um, Wake Forest, Liberty. Dude, so the reason I thought they won, or covered, excuse me, they were up 20 to 8, I think, at the half. Yep. And I just assumed they were going to, what was it, 14, 13? Mm -hmm. 
I was like, oh, they're going to run away with this in the second half. They're up 20 to 8. Nope. Just bad. Yep. Not great. Um, and then App State. They get so, I mean, we're talking about the, the stage being set. You, you didn't disappoint because you won the game, but you should have won it probably by a lot more. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, what, fair, a, what a finish to, to do that. And to be fair, and Florida's in the same boat this week, you know, App State has the pleasure of setting the stage. Troy has the pleasure of trying to ruin it. Florida has a pre- – they're trying to tear it down. So, that is kind of a good good position to be in sometimes. Um, Florida hasn't played a road game, though, and they haven't played yeah. any other time except at night. So, I don't know if that really benefits Tennessee any, but it's got to be a little bit to – you know, Tennessee's played on the road. Um, right. they, they've kind of got that first taste of it. Florida hasn't up to this point. And, and Boone's awesome. I don't know the name of their stadium. Boone's great, but – Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm already nervous for that game. Also, it's just a bad. It's it's a bad omen that you sing the song "Long Neck." I I don't know what the song title is. Long neck. It's about cheering for a bad football team. That's kind of losing football team. App State isn't that great. I was gonna say. I mean, they're not. But they're great in their sense. Like they're, they're just the f- most fun average team to watch, in my opinion. I'd be like, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. <clears throat> well, he's saying that that, you know, I'm sure that state has broken his heart before. This is true. That's why you're singing about losses. You're saying my football team might suck, but this course, sorry, no free ads. This beer is always going to hit, no matter what. But he's just saying it's it's tore him apart. Like he's saying, beer has never let him down. Like football yeah. teams, obviously, are going to let you down, right? So it just seems like a bad omen, especially but that it day. It wasn't that <laughs> especially moment, that though. Day. <laughs> it didn't have to. It didn't have to ruin his day that day. I, I'm just. I, it just sounds like it feels like an anthem for my. Here's life. the thing. Because what else are you going to sing? Right. Does he not have any more bangers? Well, I, yeah, he does. But <laughs> Pat McAfee's the one that brought it up. I mean, what he's, other? He's what saying. Other, he sang in the App State locker room one time. After, to be fair, after a win, but still. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like, well, I mean, what else kind of? Sl- it's a heater for sure. It is. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and Pat McAfee, if he's bringing it up, he's bringing the one lock. He's bringing that one up every single time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was if he's. I mean, if he sings when it rains, it pours. It'd be hilarious, but it just is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now, if Pat McAfee brings out Swiper Boys Eric Berry um, this week. Speaking of that, that could be one. Eric Berry could be one. He could be, though. I don't know how entertaining he is, though. Nothing against yeah. Eric, but. Yeah, maybe That's not. why I want Tony. Dolly, my brother. Not Inky Johnson. Idea. That would be a good one. That would be it. I don't know. He's like, I just want someone to cut up. He's too inspirational for me. For that yeah. <laughs> Too inspirational. Uh, so, Peyton's going to be on the show in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Maybe not guest picker, maybe guest picker. My brother had a great idea. Peyton should give Dolly his picks and then let Dolly go up on stage. And then she can go, if anything's wrong, it's Peyton's fault. And we'll all cheer. And we'll get to look at Dolly for 15 minutes. I think the best move is just, like, show everyone that Florida's got the best fan base and we just bring up, like, five stud-ass superstars and we just (laughs) get rid of the whole panel. Like, everybody else gone. Yeah, Charles Davis. um, We have Mike Keith. You know what would be hilarious? 
not from a Tennessee fan perspective, if I was ESPN and, you know, every Tennessee fan thinks ESPN hates them, I would bring Steve Spurrier. <laughs> you know, I, fans if I was the production. guest picker as honor, right? like someone would die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mostly Steve Spurrier, most likely. But yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, Camden Sewell? He's a gator killer. Camden Sewell would be it. If Tony Vitello goes, you got to text chat. We got to text chat. We got to make sure if Tony Vitello's yeah, on stage, Camden gets to Camden walk up with him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Camden's got to go with him. I'll text him. As soon as the show's over, I'll text chat right now and be like, yo, this is what has to happen. We're, we're getting Vitello on. Camden's going on stage with him. If I, I was going to get to it, but if you had to actually like genuinely have one person, like, are you, is there anybody, is there any heavy, like, don't put them on the damn show or like anybody that you really want? I wouldn't uh, want Kenny or Peyton. I don't. I don't want. I don't want Kenny. I don't want Kenny Chesney. I don't want that. And I would he's like to see, probably a pretty high contender for ESPN. How they like to do the. Whole I game. just hope they like don't. I don't want them to do Morgan Wallen because I feel like that's copying what they just did with Luke at App State. State. Yeah. I don't disagree, but Morgan it uh, like Morgan does rep the Vols at least. He he is like a Vols fan. Yeah. So like I'll I feel like that would be okay. What about Quentin Tarantino? Isn't he a Vols fan? I don't know. He's from Knoxville. I don't know if he's yeah, an actual he's Tennessee fan. Good. If they got Quentin, I think Quentin Tarantino would be a great guest. And I, I think would, he follows he'd be football. Like witty enough too. It'd be kind of funny. Though. Yeah, I think he's like in the know, but I don't think he's like a huge Vols fan. I heard Samuel Jackson is also a Vols fan. Is that true? Really? I, I don't know. <laughs> he couldn't be on ESPN. <laughs> they have to bleep out every other word. Yeah. Uh, so that would that would be good. That would be awesome. Um, he would probably want to kill me, but I, I'm put, I'm pushing for Morgan Wallen just because I'm a big Morgan guy, and I feel like in terms of like when you think about ESPN and like I'm pushing for you, Joe. I want you to be on there. Dude, put me up there, and oh man, <laughs> going through the roof. But um, you you if you get on there, we get you on there. You have to bring the panel to the tailgate. Yeah, that's right. That's we right. do the show there. When they transition to the stadium, they just transition to more important yeah. issues. Yeah. yeah, I can just be an off off site reporter too. I'll just bring it to the tailgate, and we'll just have some absolutely disgustingly vulgar, you know, take every five minutes to there we go. way. Or we like set up a panel, kind of like theirs, except it's just made out of like cardboard boxes, <laughs> and we basically just do the same stuff they do. Um, so I'll be David Pollock, and I'll just say the most asinine thing possible. That's Desmond Howard. You could say both, but Desmond Howard. Don't well, forget he picked A and M and Notre Dame in his playoff. No, it was um, BYU. BYU. Wait, no, no, no. No, was it Baylor or BYU? It was two people that lost week one. I just can't remember. Baylor, well, Caleb, you're going to be Bear. He's already have a loss. So. <laughs> Actually, no, we'll have West be Bear. That's fine. My, I am Bear when it comes to NFL. Do not ever let me bet on NFL football. Ever yeah, NFL sucks. I'm terrible. But yeah, I no, I think that's. A, I hope they don't mess it up. I feel like they could go with any. If they go with anyone except Kenny Chesney, it'll be good. I think that's the only one I would not want. Like, Dude, I don't I think want Peyton. I think they double dip on Peyton because he's on ESPN. I think they double dip. It's good for them. It's good for Tennessee. I think it's Peyton. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't I don't hate that. This is his first care. college game day since he's retired. I'm cool with Peyton. I'll be honest. That's that's fine. Yeah, it's – I, I mean, I it's based on views. I mean, who – Wait, that's I don't know who right. they – Wait, what? 2016 game day, he was retired. Sorry. Sorry. Right? He retired in 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, never mind. 
Hey, last time we checkered Nealon for Florida, we won. Yep. I want to orange and white, though. You don't want a alternate uniform? Well, guess what, Caleb? It's not up to you. It's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. Here's the thing. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I just – It doesn't matter. Like, I love orange and white. I, I do, so, too. Um, I love I love the orange. I love all, all orange. I'm sorry. Um, I, I would wear orange pants every single time. Yeah, probably the same. Get out. This of would be a great game for them to let us color rush it. Just all orange, solid all orange versus all solid blue. That would look tough. No, they Florida has to wear their actual like gator uniforms that they wore. <laughs> they had to burn those, right? Surely, <laughs> they had to burn those. They couldn't even sell them. No chance. Um, I don't know. Southpaw sold theirs. What about what about Arkansas? Almost losing to Missouri State. I thought they lost. Yeah. I thought they lost because they were down seven with in the third quarter was the last score update I got. Yeah, I get they home scored and 21 check it. in the they fourth. Yep. That was unfortunate. Would have been a I'll nice be, homecoming. I'll be Petrino. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, LSU beat Mississippi State. I thought that was a kind of a must-win type deal with sets the pace for their season. So that should set up a good matchup though in Baton Rouge. So they're not completely in the dumps. Guys, I'll go on record saying this, and I can say this because it won't happen, but Tennessee would beat this Notre Dame team by 35 points. 65. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, they are dog shit at quarterback. Uh, we did, It's a Friday night game, so we can talk. Wyoming getting a win over Air Force. Yeah. 17-point dogs, 16-point dogs. Speaking of Air Force and, and the triple option, it is kind of poetic that we – got rid of the Army game and got Akron, and then they did the same thing and went after our ankles. <laughs> At least it wasn't our defensive line every play. That's my That's argument. true. That's true. That's my argument to that. But, yes, it is uh, ironic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Coastal. DJ, ironic. Cash the over. Yeah. I went, I went three and two in locks. I as well. Okay. I think Dylan did too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe, we'll get your locks in. Um, when we do them on Thursday, if you're able to do, to hop on, um, we'll get sucks. some locks. Five locks. Everybody knows the rules. Um, but yeah, well, Caleb had four, but we're gonna make it five to make it even. We want to win money. No, I what? What? I just do four all the time. So oh, I, I've always well, that's done on four. you. That's on you. You've always done four. No. On the show? Yeah, because you just we're doing five, Joe. We are You're doing. Five. Five. I'm the one who said let's go to five. I made That's, the decision, Landon. Nice That's cap. Cap. Take cap. It's not cap. It's not at all cap. Um, what about everybody wanting the game to be at Duke in Kansas? Uh, yeah, that was my fail for later. I'm oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. It's fine. I, it doesn't matter. Pat Ford's the just absolute most joke of a human being that exists on this planet. I blocked him. There's so a lot of them. Him. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was absolutely. And there was a lot of people that, and I, I genuinely originally thought this must be a joke. Like, there's no, like, and I still think that there's a really good possibility that there's just a lot of people that are just being really too good at faking the angry Twitter space. But that was yeah. the most absolutely outrageous. We we did have a lot of questions, so should we get to those just real quick? Yeah, let's run through those, and then we'll get to our segments. I think. We'll okay. Next. I mean, is there anything? Well, real quick, any other games you want to talk about that just were notable? Um, I thought it was pretty 
surprising that Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is a good football team, but the fact that they beat Georgia yeah. Tech 42 to nothing was pretty surprising to me. Yes, um, for sure. And then I, I think we need to talk about upsets. Eastern Michigan knocked off Arizona State. Arizona actually ended up beating North Dakota State. That They were underdogs hmm. to an FCS team. And Penn, Penn State beat Auburn. Auburn is – they might be worse than Vanderbilt. Oregon destroyed BYU. Yep. Did not think they would destroy them. No. Um, yeah, let's get these questions real quick. Um, and Butch, Jones, says, Butch Jones lost in the state of Tennessee again last night. Just one of last, mm, last little tidbit. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Good for him. Congrats, Butch. Um, and said, what's going on with freshman Cam Miller and Miles Campbell? Um, I just think they're non-factors, honestly. Um, Cam Miller's on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's kind of that tweener. Um, he just needs to find a, a home. But uh, I think he's a good kind of athlete to have, and he's probably going to be a special teamer for his first year or two on, on campus. And then kind of we'll see how that how he develops and stuff like that. He's just – there's not a lot of freshmen making a ton of impact except in these, you know, right. I mean, you didn't see hardly any against Pitt except on special teams. I think James Pierce is another guy I forgot to mention. He is massive. Um, and he destroyed somebody on a kickoff against Pitt. And then he had a big tackle the other night as well. So, um, And then Miles Campbell, I think they want him to be good and be, you know, help this team out. But he's yet to put it all together. Um, I think he is probably the most complete tight end that they have, but he's just unreliable. Yeah, and I mean, I think our other tight ends are playing pretty good ball right now too, which means yeah. there's just not a time. you got to earn that trust, and to this point he has it. Yep. Um, well, do we have some other questions? Um, we had a few. That, yeah, I'd have to go run through there. Um, let's see if I can pull them up. I've had to click in and out of here. You know, JRC4UT, um, he asked about the NL um, MVP, Strider or Harris. I'm going to go Strider. I'm going to go to Knoxville Kid. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we also had Josh Hazel would ask if they'd bring Folky up there. He's He is a Gator killer. That's I true. I wouldn't hate having having him up there, too, with next to Camden. you got to have Camden up there. That's yeah, or, or uh, let's have Zakai. He uh, – he got that first taste of that Florida-Tennessee rivalry and almost got in a fight. But that was Florida, right? I don't, I don't remember that. Their, no, their Kentucky, coach, right? like, that was Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. That was Kentucky, yeah. Um, oh. He still beat Florida, so. And Kentucky. And Kentucky. He did. Facts. Um, Facts. I don't know. I would like to see Tony V. I think there's just – he would be the most entertaining probably out of everybody. Yeah, why settle? Why settle? Yeah. Most it's just going to help that baseball program grow even more yeah, too. That's I know they got why the, ESPN wouldn't want to do it. They, they have the number one recruiting class, I think, for next year and the year after that right now. Um, so that probably only helps them. I'd hate to see that. You know, that would be terrible. <laughs> Uh, most important. 
I've got App State, baby. This is my favorite thing. It's way better than that rat poison bullcrap. Apparently, App State plays small wooden mousetraps all around their football building this week to drive home a point to their players to uh, don't take the cheese. I would. They probably walked in and were like, do we have a rodent problem this week? <laughs> no, it's just we're just trying to get you motivated for Troy. <laughs> hmm. You've got, you know, like your – Quarterbacks walking around bare feet and actually steps off one of the traps, and there he goes. He's inactive for next week, and you're playing. <laughs> Would that so, not have been awesome? Weird. Did you see? Uh, I can't remember their quarterback's name. He was helping fans onto the field to storm. Did you see that video? Uh-uh. He's on the sideline and he's grabbing people's hand and helping them over like the railing to get down on the field. <laughs> Dude, all I want is just to storm the damn field, and I know it would take just the most miraculous upset over maybe Bama for the first time in forever, but I just just want to touch the grass. That's what Illegally. <laughs> Illegally. Uh, mine is North Dakota State. They they end up losing to Arizona, but I think it was a tight end caught a touchdown pass, and he did a leg dab. That was oh. awesome. That, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean – also, I think they said the first leg dab ever. There's a guy on TikTok who does a leg dab yes. every day. He's yeah, done he's, it for like three yeah, years. He's, he's verified <laughs> just from doing that. Yeah, he's that's crazy. Um, he's a yeah. So, I mean, that was Pro Football Focus who said it was the first ever. It wasn't the first ever. It was the first ever celebration for a touchdown. I would. It think. was yes. Did you see? Uh, God, who was it with the Dolphins? That terrible gritty he hit. <laughs> oh, oh, was it the Dolphins? I saw that today. I thought it was um. Was it their tight end? Yeah, Jacecki. I think it was Jacecki. Yeah, he caught a touchdown pass. And I think he, I think he tweeted and he said, "This looks so much better in my mirror." <laughs> <laughs> Someone did one today, and I could have sworn it was on the Cardinals. And maybe it was, maybe it was Niners. I don't know, but it, like it was obviously done intentionally bad. But it was like so funny because it looked like they were trying. It was, like I don't like, know if this one was done completely intentionally bad. Maybe tried to make it look dadish, but. It wasn't great. Well, fell on him for being terrible. That's why I dropped him for my fantasy team. So we got a tutty this weekend, Landon. Well, cool. He what he get? He got six, seven points. He got a catch and a tutty. More than Kyle is. God bless. Um, my most important is uh Mike Evans. Just standing up for Tom Brady. Yeah, after he shoves Marshawn Lattimore, which him and Marshawn Lattimore go at it all the time. They're in the same division. They face each other all the time. Um, he actually, like, Lattimore and Jameis Winston got into it a couple years ago, and Mike Evans, like, did the same thing. Yeah, it was, like, right on the sidelines, wasn't it? He, I mean, he went up and just absolutely yeah. Mike Evans is not shy Yeah, don't, don't mess around with Mike Evans. But, yeah, he shoved him today, and then the ref is, like, talking to him, and he's got his helmet off, and it's like, that's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to that's, disagree. That's- that's going to be his appeal to Goodell, and Goodell's going to be like, you're right, no fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, hey, most- I'd play that card if he was my quarterback too. So For sure. We all would. Um, mine's mine's going to be Tua. Tua on. Tua attack by Ola. Look, I'm a, I was a Tua hater. I wasn't a hater, but I was definitely a Tua downer. Some of those preseason passes and even the one from last week where he just airballed it by like 20, 20 yards. But yeah. – <laughs> He looked great today. 36 completions, 469 yards, six touchdowns. Granted, he I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, I understand Jalen. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Jalen Waddle and two uh, and Tyreek are both like two absolute weapons, but I didn't expect them to both be able to have games like that. And I know the Ravens' defense obviously isn't you know at all. I mean, their offense can win them games all day. Their defense pretty much stinks. But twenty letting up the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are two and zero people. Um, they started off they twenty eight points to come back in the fourth quarter to win. So good for them. But yeah, to a dropped a. Uh, Dropped a big old six bagger on him. Nice, Alvin Kamara style. Is the uh, <laughs> is is this the year of the NFL quarterbacks and the Bama NFL quarterbacks? Are we riding Jalen Hurts hot tomorrow night? No, Mac Jones is trash. Mac Jones, Mac Jones won, didn't he? He still stinks. Uh, what more do you want him to do than win, guys? They, he sucks. A win is a win is a win is a win. Put up more than like. 12 fancy points. <laughs> yeah, they beat Mitch Trubisky. I'm not taking anything from that. He probably put up more than Tom Brady this week. Good God. <laughs> um, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, Lions, he had three sacks in the first half today against the Commanders. You do a Michael Jackson yeah. celebration? Off. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> There's a guy on the Lions named Michael Jackson. Or maybe it wasn't the Lions. I saw it come across the screen on Red Zone today, and it was like, oh, Michael Jackson. Let's <laughs> I was expecting an entire moonwalk when he got the touchdown. I was like, didn't see it. So I was a little pissed off, but I don't know. Missed opportunities. Uh, That's just missed opportunities. Fools. It's an easy name. When you're like, what are you going to name it? Like, you're put on the spot. That's just an easy name to just yell out. <laughs> just put that on the birth certificate. Um, Any more most important? No more most important for me. That was it. Oh, wait, no, sorry, last one. This should have been last week's. Tyree Kill and Mike McDaniel going for it on fourth and seven, so this is last week's game. McDaniel's going to need a, a wheelbarrow for his nuts to carry them around. <laughs> Same with the Giants. That was a huge uh, going for it on two. Yeah. For two. That was uh, – sure. the G-men are actually – I don't know the last time the Giants started season 2-0, oh, but – God bless, don't remind me. They've done it. The Panthers suck. I hate They're them. Bad. You know what's crazy? They they have, like, decent, like, receivers. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's, like, a semi – he should be a semi-decent quarterback in terms of, like, raw talent. But they just look so bad. And Christian McCaffrey, like, don't ignore the fact that they have arguably one of the league's best running backs and they just can't put it together whatsoever. They suck. They're so bad. Um, yeah, they'll, like, get, they'll, like, get a first – Yeah. Because they beat the Panthers. They suck. they lost to the Jets. They lost to Joe Flacco in the Jets. They suck. Yeah. Not even Milf Hunter Zach Wilson. <laughs> That would have been cool, but um, fell for me. Joe Burrow and the Bengals losing on two last-second field goals the past two weeks. They look bad. Today. Yeah, that defense is terrible. Yeah, yeah. and their O line can't hold for anything. Joe Burrow's getting bodies after bodies <laughs> at him, but I hope they figure it out because I got Joe Mixon. So yeah, I got T. Higgins. Um, he had a decent day, but not great. I've got um, a fail. I've got Notre Dame's uh, offense coordinator, Tommy Reese. Did you all see this? Mm-mm. He gets Drew Pine on the phone, and he yells at him. Oh, yeah. It was like, do your effing job. What are you thinking? Do your effing job. Those cameras probably aren't going to be in the Notre Dame press box the rest of the season. <laughs> also, uh, yes, but also do your effing job and score it, some points, it, my guy. Here's my question. If you're yelling that at a quarterback, like, what does that mean exactly? Isn't it your job to score points? Also? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. It's like I feel like the quarterback position is a little bit more complicated than just do your job type deal. Yeah. 
feel like there's more nuance to it. <laughs> yeah, if um, it's like a line, like just literally yeah. hold the line, do your job, but it's like your quarterback just, you know. He, he's lucky Jeremy Pruitt isn't the coach, or he would have been fired in the middle of that game. <laughs> yeah, right. Jerry Pruitt's the same guy who kicked a blackboard <laughs> on the sidelines. Um, Which, by the way, I did like that. That was hilariously awesome. You all were talking about going for it on fourth down. Did you see South Alabama go for it on fourth down? I didn't. Against UCLA. Um, no one watched that game. In front of, in front of 6,000 so people? It was about like a 45-yarder, and um, they were up 31-29. Oh, no. And so they go for it, and it was just a crap show. Like, they just like – they all like spread out, swinging gate type deal. Yeah, like like they all spread out and like tried to throw a pass, and it was just like the worst pass of all time. It was miserable. You could have filled. You could have completely filled Neyland. Like Neyland was so full and the Rose Bowl was so empty. If you had taken the people that were actually in the Rose Bowl on Saturday and put them in Neyland, it would have been officially full. But there was also only like six thousand people in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so it's not a compliment to the Rose Bowl at all. Can we move the bowl to Neyland? Why is that? That would be electric. I'm actually game for that. Yeah, sign me up. Um, any more fails? That's all I got. Same. Other than Pat Ford making money <laughs> to spew shit out of his mouth. Whatever. It's Florida week, guys. Yeah, Florida, Florida week. As, oh, Mama, yeah. as Mama Howard would say, I'm a Gator hater, or sorry, Mama Howard would sing. I'm a Gator hater. Um, get prepped, get pumped. It's probably gonna be a long week at work. Uh, do what you got to do to get through it. We'll see you guys Saturday morning. More important issues tailgate, sponsored by Austin White with Realty Executives. It's going to be a great time. I'm yeah. Pumped. Shout out uh, Ben McKee for coming on the show tonight. Really awesome job. Um, we'll have to get him on again. Um, guys, love y'all. Thanks for showing up to the tailgate this past weekend. It was so much fun. Can't wait to do it again this weekend. And um, we're bringing the boat in, and we out.